0: good slate of pac 12 action last week but honestly most of the game turned out to be laughers uh except for the cougarinos win close usc wins close but like covers it's kind of like a shame cover and eric is picking games so well they're gonna have to put like a city or neighborhood name in front of them you know like one of those really accomplished gamblers all that and more on this week's eligible receivers he's eric i'm warren let's start the show hello blog fan well you work all week trying
1: to identify who the eligible receivers are
0: this is eligible receivers the show where we review last week's pac-12 action pick next week's pac-12 games against the spread and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season and i gotta say my friend you are picking superb i had a good week i had a good week it only took 10 years yeah, you were like, this. You're, "This is in ten in ten years of doing this podcast." I'm going to say, "Finally, maybe listen to what we're saying for the first for time." Sure. <laughs> for
1: sure, the best week I had in, in ten years of doing this.
0: So. Yeah, but that, but not the first really superlative week you've had. You know, this season. I mean, you're. Really, I think you're 20 games over 500 against the spread. Sure, there are a couple of those no line games in there, but I mean, you're crushing. Well, we're doing well so
1: far, so it's a good day in the season. In. Wait, no, halfway. Yeah, uh, halfway. There, let's wait. see how that goes. Let's see how, we get how that goes the, rest of the way. Yeah. I know a thing do about gambling and a city that's that's built around it. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm led to believe they lure you in, and then they take it
0: all away. Once you get hot, you stay hot. Like two oh. years ago in Vegas when I did good in those like sit-down poker tournaments, and I was like, that's all I'm doing when we went this year. Did not do as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, or, like, when I was in Vegas and I lost hundreds of dollars
1: gambling, but I drunkenly gave our friend $20 to be added to a baby squares game and won that. And so, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm up several hundred dollars out of my trip to Vegas.
0: I did so bad the second year that we went there. I folded uh, a full house. Not good. no that i had i'd won the hand but i but i but i tied it on the river you know like it was it came like ace eight eight and i had ace eight and so i'm just like drawing this guy in i'm just gonna call whatever he has but then an ace came on the river and i'm thinking oh he made his full house because he had an ace in his hand you know he now he has aces over eights which is what i have in my hand but i got it in my head that he won so I just let my cards go. And then I realized like a hand later, I was like, oh, that was, I just gave that guy my money. <laughs> That's a good feeling. Let's <laughs> take football. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> so uh, we're gambling pros is the point here. So cool. uh, starting off, uh, UCLA and Colorado on Friday night last week, Colorado uh, hosted UCLA, UCLA team that we have pegged as terrible and in the first half, it was only one-point game going into the half. But then, you know, they played the rest of the game. Buffs, comfy winners, 38-16. to 16. Don't look now. You're Buffaloes,
1: 4-0. I saw a stat today. Like, they beat a the Colorado State team that's 1-4. They beat a the Nebraska team that's 0-4. They beat a third team that's 1-4. And, and they beat UCLA that's 0-4. So they haven't maybe played the best competition. Uh, but they, you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule and they have done that and done it handily and UCLA remains terrible and it doesn't look like are that much closer to turning the corner. I'm sure they will at some point, but haven't done it yet. And, um, yeah, that's about, that's all I got for this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I, I've I've said it before and I'm going to reiterate, I think it's a lot like Mike Leach's first year in Pullman where Chip Kelly is there and he's going to do what he's going to do. Personnel be damned. And the personnel will catch up with what he's trying to do sooner or later. But until then, he's not going to try and win the games in the meantime. He's going to, like, learn some lessons and weed out some guys. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, a bummer when you're paying a guy millions of dollars a year. But he's unfireable.
1: Yep.
0: All right. On to Saturday's action. Let's start it off with all these games were like night games for some reason uh let, let's do Stanford and Notre Dame right off the bat we got t- matchup of top 10 teams uh one of two top 10 matchups on the day uh sort of a game at the half but Notre Dame at the end of the day is superior to what Stanford was bringing yeah Stanford along the lines
1: is is not as good I think as they have been historically that they've I know they've had injuries on the offensive line that's contributing to that Walker Little there. Stud left tackle, doesn't look like he's 100%. Um, and, and really, again, we talked about it a little bit last week, but just bad scheduling for Stanford, right? At Oregon, the night the week before, in a night game, overtime, thriller, huge high, you know, win, you know, lots of adrenaline. And then they go back to Palo Alto and have to turn around and go across the country that next week to play, a, you know, a pretty game Notre Dame team. And it's just not a great – that just doesn't set up well for a team that's a little banged up. And I think, you know, you and I both correctly, you know, picked Notre Dame in this game for that reason, just that, you know, they, they ran out of gas in the second half there. They they probably ran out of emotional energy and, uh, and just couldn't, you know, couldn't sustain the level of play that they had, uh, you know, the week before in Eugene.
0: And also like karma-wise, when you flat steal a game like they did against Oregon the week before, I feel like, you know, you got two losses coming back your way for it. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. Uh Notre Dame uh has switched to this quarterback named Ian Book, who they're raving about in South Bend. Don't like the name Ian Book. Sounds like a nerd. Doesn't sound like a Notre Dame quarterback, that's for sure. I mean yeah. or any quarterback really, but now you know. he threw a touchdown to a guy named Alize Mack. Now there is a name. Get that guy the ball. But Ian Book, I don't know. He's he's uh overcoming, you know, uh his name problems. I feel like. that sounds like a linebacker
1: at Georgia to me.
0: Yeah, I know. That but you but you know you're like, well, Max got to play. Like when you're filling out the lineups, you know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> We got to get this kid on the field. This dude's going to be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh next up, let's do Utah and Washington State game of the day for the Pac-12. Uh, and, uh, back and forth Cougs with a long 80, 80 something yard touchdown there to take the lead midway through the fourth quarter. And that would stand up. So the two things I'm thinking about from this game are one Utah, you know, more proficient on offense. than really they've been all season 24 for Utah is like 40 for a regular school. Uh, and then two, the other thing I liked about the game, I don't know if you caught any of it. Apparently, uh, Steve Spurrier's kid, like coaches wide receivers at WSU, he was in that, the booth. He that,
1: was... <laughs> he coaches the outside wide receivers.
0: <laughs> God damn it, Mike Leach, you genius! If you look at his title, <laughs> he's he's not dealing with those slot guys. Yeah, it's a completely different game, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he's got his guys are like running around in the middle of the field, and he's like throwing his clipboard on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's he's a strictly hash mark guy, guy. What the hell um, is this? Yeah. Uh, I
1: did I did see the Spurrier effect um which was great. And uh it's a weird game for me because the second half of the game was 7 to 3 WSU. That was it. Um the you know the 21 21 at halftime, you think you're going for a barn burner, you know, like a good old-fashioned shootout. Yeah. Um, a could classic neither team can score in the second half. The Cougs get that one long touchdown pass, which, you know, was a good play, but, you know, it required a couple missed assignments on defense to, to go 80-something yards in one play. Um, and it, it just was, you know, a, you wouldn't have expected it to be a 28-24 game having watched the first half.
0: Yeah, and one guy I – I agree with that. Yeah, was it like like uh, your old tale of two halves. Uh, one guy I want to sign out is uh... – Max Borgie, you know, the running back from WSU. Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking about. Cause I think this guy was, uh, like a four star running back. Right. You know, and he goes yeah. to WSU where he presumably, you know, he has internet access and he knows that like, you know, running, you know, carries maybe are going to be few and far between, but really, uh, I think a cagey move if you're trying to be like an NFL guy, cause like, You're not going to get worn down between the tackles. You're going to learn how to catch the ball. Like it's, you know, they do give the ball to their running backs. They just throw it to them a lot. You know, I feel, I feel like good call by him. He didn't carry the ball in this game. Why would you? No well, He he didn't.
1: Uh, James Williams had five carries for 13 yards. Gardner Minshew had five carries for zero yards. And the team had three carries for negative 13 yards. That is a grand total of 13 carries. For zero yards, average of 0. 0.0 yards per carry. But there is a touchdown, or a rushing touchdown in yeah, there.
0: That's, um, that's winning football. You run it 13 times to keep them honest. 13 carries for zero yards. They literally didn't have a yard
1: of a rushing yard in this game, which I guess proves your earlier point. You don't need to run the ball to win. Um, I, I still question that as a long-term strategy, but. You know what?
0: Good for them. It's a it's a viable college strategy, but it's not right, I don't think. I, it, it'll happen less and less. More teams are going to look like WSU as the years go on than, uh, you know, like the only teams that are going to sustain this running stuff are the guys who get the absolute elite, elite guys, which is, by the way, tracking back to Stanford, and I, I do want to keep moving forward, but one of the things that's weird about them this year is they've had such a dominant offensive line play. Uh, for like half a decade, but this year they're kind of like substandard. That's the secret about Stanford. Yeah. And it's, and it's made a big difference in Bryce loves numbers. Yeah, it has. But uh, the guy wants to be a doctor or something like that. So more power to him. That's probably smarter at the end of the day. Sure. Alrighty. Uh, Oregon and California, Oregon coming off the crusher, going to California Trap game written all over it, you know, big emotional letdown after somehow losing that game against Stanford. They go to California, and they looked as good as they looked in the first half against Stanford essentially uh, the entire game. Really comfortable road win against a ranked team. Impressive from Oregon, 42-24 winners. Yeah, I mean, first road trip of the year,
1: took care of business. Uh, Justin Herbert, 16-22, so he's still well above 50% on the completion thing, which you and I have harped on. He's got that handled for the moment. Um, Cal, I think, you know, is probably still in his rebuild mode. They were really rough shape when Wilcox showed up there last year. But, well, I mean, I think they'll continue to improve. But Oregon just looked bigger and stronger and faster than them in this game and played well enough to win. One, covered. It's that's all, that's all there is to it.
0: Yeah. A uh, thing I didn't catch the reason for this, and I haven't read California Golden Blogs, but I noticed in the second half. They had ditched Bowers for Garbers and they were playing a a different quarterback like McLean or something like that in the second half of this game. I don't know if that's due to injury or what, but this guy, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess he was like more of a, they were kind of saying that the throwing wasn't a strong suit. He looked, uh, you know, like, I guess the idea was he was going to be multiple or something like that. But it's interesting to me that they're cycling through so many people at that position. Yeah. It's a little strange. All right. Arizona state and Oregon state. This was the first game of the day. That's right. Uh, Arizona state, only a fool would pick Oregon state in this game. Like I did Arizona state comfortable winners, 52 to 24. How about 30 carries for 312 yards for Eno Benjamin in this game? He got warmed up against Washington two weeks ago and last week
1: kept, kept it going. I mean, he was the story of the game for Arizona state on offense when they played UW. um, uh, you know, the coaching staff was content to just give him the feed him the rock over and over again. Um, when the numbers favored that and, uh, looks like they're going to continue to do that. And, uh, you know, Oregon state with, uh, Artavis, uh, Jackson, who was hurt, I guess. Um, and then Jamar Jefferson, their other, uh, you know, running back who looked good had, had sort of been putting up big numbers all year, but not, not on Saturday as Arizona state come out, cover up a big line. um, with the help of a fourteen nothing fourth quarter, which I'll take, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point in the in the season, you know, with Herm Edwards at three and two, biggest scalp in the conference by far with the Michigan State win, um, I think things are going great down there, right? I mean, I, I mean, from, compared to what I, th- I think people thought it might look like, Arizona State's having themselves a nice little season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, Herm had crashed back to earth and everybody was ready with the pitchforks. Well, they love pitchforks down there. Yeah. That's like, that's like their deal. Uh, yeah. so they he come doesn't right know back, that,
1: but they don't care anymore than he doesn't know it because he's, he's looks like a competent college football coach.
0: Yeah, he does. That's fun. Uh, USC went to Arizona. This is like I said in the opening, I'm ashamed for USC that this equal to cover. 24 to 20 winners against an Arizona team that has looked bad this year. Khalil Tate can't run, which is like his thing. Like, so you got Khalil Tate who can't run and you beat Arizona 24 to 20. And I'm supposed to feel good about this.
1: Well, I don't think anybody I feels good about it. I'm happy that they covered the three and a half point spread real quick. Can you give me the name of the leading rusher in this game? Yeah. Aka
0: Cedric Ware? Is that right? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah. What I always think about these names, where so it's like A-C-A apostrophe, C-E-D-R-I-C, is that like the apostrophe right in a word like don't or won't, it's like uh, taking the space of some letters that are there w- formally. You know what I mean? So when you see it in a proper name, I wonder if there's like a proper proper name where in which it's revealed what, you know, what we're shortening.
1: That's an interesting one. I have not. I have not seen that. But as we mentioned previously this year on the pod, it is a great year for names in college football. It's a fantastic year. I mean, really, top to bottom, great year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how about like just a, a simple one on this that I'm looking at? The leading receiver in the name in the game, Shun Brown. S H U N is the first name.
1: They're just everywhere, man. That's no, so just it, a good one. Gardner Minshew. That's a fantastic name. You know, I mean, like the, the, we talked about Alize Mac for Notre Dame. You know, you've got Eno is a really nice little first name. You know, I mean, this is just, I mean, really bringing it. I mean, I don't know which Power Five conference has the best names, but Paxwell was doing well for itself this year. Every if day, no uh, names.
0: Every day should be Saturday. I used to do like I remember seeing a game preview of Washington Stanford that was just based solely on the quality of the players' names. Yeah. I mean, that's, we should do that. Yeah. And it was great. And it was a year when we had uh, Bishop Sankey and Scott lawyer and those were highlighted. as really nice names. They are nice names. They are. Uh, so wait, who else do we, is that everybody except for Washington, BYU Washington, I believe it is. Washington hosted the ranked Cougars of BYU ranked Cougars of BYU had beaten a top 10 team, Wisconsin on the road. Uh, I searched out because I like to go see what other coaches are saying, you know, if they're showing the proper respect, you know, going into games. And I happened to catch the tail end of some BYU preview show in which all four of their analysts predicted a BYU win in this game. And I don't know if last week I was talking about, I'm sure I was talking about the lines too big. We're never going to cover. Uh, the second I saw that I was like, Oh, we're about to thump these guys. This is Uh, I wasn't worried about this game from the second I, uh, saw it and what I thought was going to happen from that point on happened during the game, a 35 to seven win for Washington that flatters BYU, that scoreline that should have been a comfortable 40 burger.
1: Well, and, and their only points came against the the third and fourth string for UW. I mean, backups to the backups at that point. And,
0: and only because the, you know, the veteran Chico McClatcher muffs that punt otherwise, Uh they hadn't been in Washington territory from that point since very early in the second quarter when they missed their field goal. Yeah. They hadn't crossed the fifty until, you know, like the last five minutes of the game. They spent they spent like 40 minutes of this game in their own side of the field or with Washington having the ball.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what Wisconsin's problem was when they played uh BYU, but I really appreciate it because that BYU team that came in ranked um to Husky Stadium. It uh, wasn't that great in a lot in a lot of ways, and I mean, even yeah. in the beginning of the year, I, I've I've been harping on how terrible they are from day one, right? About like you can't can't lose to BYU, uh, you know that Magnum kid's been at quarterback there for 25 years. Yeah, Jesus, and isn't any good. Um, and and I felt really validated by that watching the game Saturday night because I was like, this is the BYU that I know and
0: love. They're not any good. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. It, and for me in this game, the, the uh the thing I want to talk about is Jake Browning backed up his uh really solid performance against Arizona State with an even better performance. I feel like against BYU, uh, twenty three of twenty five, uh, the two incompletions, one of them was on a comeback where uh you know trying to convert a third down. And he put the ball in a place where it was just never going to be intercepted, gave Aaron Fuller a chance. And it was just like, you know, maybe a yard uh, too low, a yard too wide, something like that. The second one was a throw into the end zone that hit Aaron Fuller in the hands and hit Ty Jones in the hands. It wasn't the best throw in the world. Like it was a little lob ball over there to try and give him a chance there. But still like otherwise those, that was it. Otherwise 23 completions. And it's not like the yardage is setting the world on fire. But it's almost like we got a recalibrated Jake Browning, no longer trying to be sophomore Jake Browning when he's thrown to John Ross and Dante Pettis, but just like, like the obscenely good game manager, you know, like the, like the, like AJ McCarron style in terms of like a college quarterback, like game manager plus is how I think about it.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, I, it's sort of weird. I don't know what led to the feeling, but I the feeling that I had through the first couple of weeks of the season, where just like in the pit of my stomach, I'm like, oh man, something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that. I, like the last two weeks, he's looked confident. He's stepped up in the pocket, he hasn't turned his back to the pocket that often. Um, it just, it's, he's playing in a way that, you know, creates confidence you know, just watching it as opposed to being like, Oh my God, he's going to throw an interception.
0: Yeah. It's uh, a, it's uh the difference between that we used to talk about between Jake Locker and uh, Keith Price is when like, when Keith Price became our quarterback and got sort of established, you'd be like, what is this foreign feeling? He's going back to pass. And I think a good thing is about to happen. And you're right. Like for a second, it was like Jake Browning back to pass. Uh-oh. But now it's back to kind of what it was. It's like, you know, maybe not the most spectacular thing in the world is going to happen, but a pretty good thing is going to happen right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, and Aaron Fuller quietly having a crazy good year wide receiver for UW. We talked a lot about who's going to step up out there. And Ty Jones certainly has established himself as one of the, the big target. And then the tight ends last couple of weeks has stepped up as well. But Aaron Fuller, I believe, is second in the conference right now in receiving. So uh, he's having himself a year. I mean, what, what, I mean, if the season ended now, I think it'd be first team all offense on a wide receiver, you know I mean? He's, he's played that well. And I think he's clearly established himself as Browning's go-to running good routes, good hands. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about about Washington for the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes forward, but he's on pace for a 1,000-yard season, and if, and if you that was offered at the beginning of the year, everybody would have probably snapped at 750 yards, you know? Offered and accepted. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's he been fantastic. Ty Jones, a great change of pace. He's like one of the Stanford wideouts, the big guy who's shown a real ability sometimes it looks a little clumsy but he's big and he's able to catch those contested balls and that that counts for a lot sure yes, all right so on the picks last week Eric seven and0 seven and0 to run you to 32 and 12 on the season in the lead but only in the lead by one can that be what? yeah yeah that's amazing I mean worm, worm right he won. and he's in weird tied after last week he's,
1: Worm's out himself a year as well yeah but he only. great. Right? I mean, you're 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 well over five hundred.
0: I am, but I got so I was so happy that I won the previous week that I tried to get super cute with picking Oregon State and Cal mistakes. Yeah, the Beavs have really failed us the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I can't, I can't quit them.
1: Yeah, I love them too.
0: All righty, so let's get on to the. So that uh, looks like yeah, you're in you're in the lead. Worms a game behind that. I'm four games behind you. Uh, a little more than half the season left to go opportunities abound. And let's start off with this week entirely filled with conference games. We'll start with, let me bring up the schedule. Arizona state at Colorado, Colorado, two and a half point favorites. You bring up an excellent point about Colorado's strength of schedule. I got, yeah. I got to say it's not good. It's not good but they're, they're at home, and they feel good. That's what I'm thinking about. You know, it's like it's like Gonzaga basketball. If things are now rolling. That's why it's good to play bad teams early when you're a team that's trying to kind of bounce back. They had a rougher year last year. Now they feel good about themselves. I think this is a dogfight, but that line is small enough. I'm going to take the buffs because they're at home, but I could tell you what, I could see Arizona State winning this. I could see it, and I do see it. I like it.
1: I just the Buffs, man have have really skated on on not very good teams, <laughs> not, or teams that are not very good records. I, I at some point that's going to catch up to them, and I think Arizona State's good enough and has, has played well enough um, to you know to justify a win here i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna pick it i think that's a good pick uh another guy i mean if aaron fuller's on one of the first team all offense uh wide receivers uh another one is for sure lavisca chenault and uh a a conference player of the year candidate in my mind another Uh, another hundred yard games in a score last week against ucla uh this guy is and they get him the ball all over the place that guy's amazing it's it's uh but it's you know Makes you question the coaching that this guy wasn't more involved last year.
1: It, I read his stats like two weeks ago. He didn't do anything last year. He had like seven receptions.
0: It's unreal. What right. happened?
1: Yeah.
0: Shortly, somebody watched a practice and noticed that he was very good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, next up, let's take Washington State traveling to Oregon State. Los Cougarinos, 17-point favorites um (laughs) i can't do it i can't do it Coog me up yeah you like the kooks too
1: this is this is a softball uh, you know in terms of abandoning your bees because you
0: get to take your kooks i know i do love the kooks the most fun team to watch because i don't care what happens and it's and it's always insane uh Yeah. yeah i don't know i mean the thing is like that uh, you know, like in terms of like the hitting and stuff like that, this is going to be a more palatable matchup for Oregon state. So like I could, if I wanted to, I could talk myself into this, but Oregon state has looked so overmatched. You were, I'm worried about them just being in the cycle of just not having the Jimmy's and the Joe's this year. But I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on the game. You know what I, I think, mean? I
1: think Oregon state's going to be able to run the ball on the Cougs a little bit. I think the problem is, is that the Cougs are going to be able to throw the ball all over you know, Oregon state's defense. And I think they're just going to get, I think they're just going to get worn out and, you know, and, and the, like you said, they don't have, like, I think they can score a couple times, but I think they're going to lose this game like 28 to 10. You know? Yeah.
0: And the, like the one thing, another thing you can say is that like Jonathan Smith has been in close quarters with the defensive game plan that for whatever reason, utterly defangs Washington state. Uh, but then you know, part of that is the fact that Washington has so many NFL guys in the secondary. Yeah, he's gonna try that same thing. It's just not gonna work. Yeah, going to like, what, what's going on? It's the same defense we ran last year. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have California going to Arizona. I listen until I see that Khalil Tate can run again without a huge limp. I cannot. I I can't pick Arizona. I can't My do reason. it. I I give me Cal. Give me Cal all day. Worm, dirty worm likes cow yeah. or likes Arizona. Excuse me. A funny aside about the WSU game.
1: I wonder if Jonathan Smith, like, if things are going sideways during like that game, if he's going to call like Kwiatkowski or Lake, like on the side, like on a cell phone. Yeah. Like, I think it's possible Pete Kwiatkowski could beat WSU from the
0: Rose Bowl, like <laughs> being like, yeah. oh yeah, just do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really, you just need these three plays, you know. Where's
1: that guy? Is he? Oh, move him up three yards. Okay. Uh, you should be fine. Call me if something else goes wrong. Yeah. And an hour later, they will be like, "Did Did John ever call you back?" You're like, "No, I think I think it was fine."
0: Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, "Hold the phone up." Oh, you hear that? Listen to that. Listen to that left guard attack. That did yeah. something, something wonky with his ankle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Utah traveling to Stanford. Utah rough schedule, you know, like I've been impressed, even though they've been losing so much with like Zach Moss is a good little running back. Uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Britain, whatever the tiny guy who's good. Oh, Britton Cubby. Yeah. Like he's fun. Uh, I mean like they're, I, I feel like they've had a pretty rough schedule, you know I mean? Like their losses are to us and to Washington state on the road. That was like a 50, 50 game where they showed a little bit more offensively at least. Yeah. Uh I mean and certainly like a prime time hangover game for Stanford. And is there really but is there really no line? There wasn't one I looked earlier. There isn't one now. I wonder if there's like a is that because like that Tuttle kid that I'm clamoring for is gonna play? The quarterback? Are they making a change?
1: I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Hmm.
0: Okay. I don't know either. So that seems like free money then. If you get uh, pick them
1: there, I don't think Utah is going to have the offense, the offensive horses for this.
0: I'd agree with that. And that leaves us with Washington at UCLA, Washington mercifully getting at least the earlier start time. It's going to be live on Fox again for the second week. Uh, Washington are 21 point favorites in this game. And unlike the last two weeks where Washington had a big line and I didn't believe it, I mean, trap possibilities, right? If they're, if you're trying to be as honest as possible, there are trap possibilities in this game, right? Because Washington has the game of the year in terms of their strength of schedule next week against Oregon. UCLA has looked god-awful. They don't look like they're worthy of the respect that you need to show a conference opponent, especially when you're going to their place. Uh, but they have looked so god-awful, and Washington looks like they're coming together a little bit. Like, Washington has improved as the season has gone along. I mean, give me the dogs. And I feel like, It's uh, And that's me trying to talk myself out of it. But I really feel like they're going to cover that up.
1: I think just the defense that UW brings um, is going to be such a drag for UCLA's offense, which I don't think is going to be very motivated as it is. Um, And then UCLA's defense is kind of banged up. And then also, I think they're not going to be super motivated. So I'm with you. I think I I have a hard time. I mean, per the rules of the pod, we're all going to take UW. I I just have a hard time um, envisioning, you know, like seeing UW as a 21-point favorite, even though they looked great last week. But I I don't know that UCLA is that much better than BYU. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's – In fact, I know pretty definitively that UCLA would not be able to win at Wisconsin. Um, Yeah. So, But whatever weird set of circumstances happen to enable BYU to do that, would not be enough for UCLA, um, and and so yeah. In that regard, I think it could be very similar to last week's game, where you just they you know they they'll run some plays, they'll gain some yards, they'll punt the ball. They're you know they're not and then on offense, UW's just going to go real stock. You know, Gaskins, Zavon Ahmed, uh, you know, check down to the tight ends. You know, Aaron Fuller get him his eight catches and just get real workman like. But it's, it'll be enough to, to win and cover.
0: Yeah, and if and we also talk about a lot holding things back, and if there's ever a game to hold stuff back, you'd say, you know, we're gonna save a few bullets for Oregon. We don't want to put everything we got on film.
1: Well, and the thing that bugs me about that is that you don't need them. Like you should be able to just line up against a defense that's not motivated, that is probably pretty demoralized, and between you know Gaskin, Pleasant, and Ahmed, um, you should be able to just to just crush them into, you know, into defeat. They should, they should just be like, this sucks. We don't want to be here. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. The classic of we're, we're here to win. You know that. And that's fine for you too.
1: Yeah. And you're UCLA. And that's the, th- that's the rap on you is that you don't like, you know, you don't like the hitting aspect of this game.
0: Yeah. But then, and uh, then another weird thing, I guess we haven't won down there since 1995.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I, and I and I hear you on the on the trap game potential. I, I think that's that's a very real possibility. I, I'm not sure that on like defense that'll be the case. Um, and then again, if our offense just comes out and just runs the ball, then hopefully not either. But I can see it being a real slow start um, kind of a game. I just don't know that UCLA has the offense to really break out against UW's defense. And and I, their defense, I don't think is can hold up over the course of a whole game. Yeah, I mean, so it, like against Colorado.
0: So, yeah. So in terms of the spread, what I think is crucial is Washington's offense getting out to a fast start, because if they're able to put some points on the ball board, the first couple of times they have the ball, the rest of the game is just going to happen the way everybody expects it to happen where the spread becomes in jeopardy. Uh, and I don't foresee a possibility of a loss in this game, or I think it's extremely remote is where the defense is doing enough. Washington comes out flat on offense or just not executing for whatever reason. Uh, and then all of a sudden this thing is close into the second half for no reason. You know, that's, that's what, that's what, so like if I'm, if I'm watching this as a, if I have a U dub ticket, I'm watching these first couple drives, hoping this thing to just get the ball rolling. And then it's going to stay rolling downhill the rest of the day. I
1: agree with that.
0: All right. That does it for this week's episode of eligible receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. <laughs> My mind, the wind is
1: blowing. It's